Alderchi? Here. Zamarb? Here. Eskrit? Here. McKenney? Rummel? Present. Revere? Soglin? Here. We've got a quorum. Thank you. All right, let's go through our usual procedure. We will separate items 7 and 13 and 12. Because I know Alderman Revere would ask for that. And 1. And 1. Any other items for separation? I'll take a motion on the balance then to suspend and... Uh, Move. We'll pull those items. The suspension of the rules to take or to approve items two through six, eight through eleven. Mo up, so. Motion to suspend to take up two through six and eight through, eight through 11. eleven. Second. There's a motion on suspension. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. The main motion now. What we suspended is to adopt those items. Alderman DeMarb. Move approval or adoption of 2 through 6 and 8 through 11. Second. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Item 1. Need a motion to approve here. Move approval of item 1. Is there a second? Discussion. I have questions of staff. Yes. Who's going to? Catherine's here. Hello. I'm not picking on planning, but we see um, changes in planner positions or positions from one to two and um, three to four and that sort of thing mm -hmm. regularly at this committee. And so I was just hoping that you could explain to us or give some language around the different levels. And then I've got more questions after you're done with it. Sure. Great. Uh, yes. So we have a planner series that runs from planner one to planner four and we also have a principal planner class the principal planners are our uh, team leaders and manage staff teams of three to seven people um, the planner one through four series includes our junior planners our um, mid-range planners and our more senior planners so the planner ones are really our entry-level positions, um, folks that are maybe fresh out of a college program um, or a few years of experience in a planning organization. Planner threes and fours are the more senior staff members who've had multiple years under their belts within a planning organization um, and have demonstrated significant project management experience and independent judgment. Uh, we also have a planner tech classification, and that is for a um, uh, more of a, a technician, someone who's doing data analysis or um, some um, of our mapping support. It's more of a support and um, uh, entry-level function as well but not necessarily with the depth of planning experience that the Planner 1 through 4 series would have. So this would be considered a promotion? This would be considered a promotion, yes, in an, an advancement within that planner track. Okay. And so, um, of course, within any promotion, I mean, demonstrating ability. Absolutely. Right. Right. Is the main criteria. But I'm just curious, um, 
Now, I read in here that there was someone retired, and then that opened up opportunity for people to do other work mm -hmm. and therefore demonstrate ability. Right, exactly. So what if no one retires? How do people move up or don't they? Well, I, I think that's prior to some of the retirements that we've had, that's what we saw. People being, the people that are being promoted at this point are folks who have been in that Planner 2 classification for many years. So they, they have been kind of stalled in the progression of their careers because of the um, need to have that distribution across our team. Um, we have made some recent new hires. We have the ability to hire a Planner 3, but we elected to, um, we hired a Planner 1, and then instead of hiring an additional Planner at the Planner 3 level, we underfilled that position with a Planner 1 um, so that we're bringing in more junior staff and really um, as much as possible holding some of those promotional opportunities for the folks that have institutional knowledge, who have um, had really high performance in our group and taken on those additional responsibilities um, or, you know, brought additional resources in where, where their performance really deserves that um, extra recognition and their leadership is also needed. Um, you know, we're asking people in a lot of cases to start performing outside of their class and that doesn't feel appropriate to us, which is why we're seeking the advancement of those positions. Okay, thank you. Further questions, Alderman Rommel? Um, I heard you, uh, Alder, mention the retirement of Mr. Wilex. Have we, are we going to replace that position? I mean, how, what are the plans for that? So we have replaced that position. Um, Michael Weidelich, uh was in charge of a group that included all of our comprehensive planners as well as all of the development review planners um, and our transportation planning functions. So we have been, we used that opportunity to create some advancement for um, Dave Trowbridge, who we reclassified to a principal planner. Um, that was a pretty natural, logical progression. Um, and we have added some staff to do corridor planning, uh, station area planning, and trans general transportation planning within that group. Um, we promoted Jay Went to be the principal planner for the development review group. And um, we have just added staff to that team. Um, and then as the comprehensive planning group grows, we have Bill Frilling filling a leadership role for that team. And um, we have had some other retirements that are being filled in that group as well. So I guess that was my second question. So Mr. Furling will kind of step up and help with com the comprehensive plan. Yes. And I think the other point I was trying to make is that, you know, Michael had been here for um, 45 years. I mean, he, he worked here longer than I've been alive. And um, that over time, I think that team got, when you look at our organizational chart, that team was getting enormous and kind of unruly. It would have been really difficult for someone to step in um, without that kind of institutional knowledge to manage essentially soup to nuts in our responsibilities from comprehensive planning, which is our 30,000 foot level, to development review, which is our, you know, on the ground moving dirt level. Those are different functions, there are relationships between all of those groups, and we really work on um, maintaining cross-pollination between our groups. Um, but there is a, there's a very different function in the work that those teams actually do.
And my final question is remind us with this new position that we're gonna that's going into the budget, what where did that fall in the that position is in neighborhood planning. Um, so if you look at the way our planners are distributed across our different teams, we have a really balanced organization, particularly with the addition of that neighborhood planner. Thank you. Further questions? Seeing none on the question, which is adoption. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Item 7, is there a motion? Move item 7. Second. There's second. There is. We have a registration from somebody we'd like to hear from. Deditti. I know you signed up only to answer questions, but. Good afternoon. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I have the benefit of, I think you all know this, but serving on the Overture Center Foundation Board, and so I see Ted at least twice a month. <laughs> and I hope, hope that I know what's going on over there, at least a little bit. So Thank you. I was um, very impressed by the equity report that you did, so why don't you tell us about that, since that's our, you know, our thing we're working on and how it fits in. And well, there's no doubt that all of us here in this community were touched by the report that came out from the Wisconsin Council of Children and Families. Um, the Overture Board created an ad hoc committee of the board and um, invited um, the authors of that report come in and talk with us and basically inspire us to do some soul searching and say, what can we as an organization, a major nonprofit organization in this community, regardless that we're arts-centric, uh, what can we do to be a part of the, um, the discussion? Maybe not the solution to a lot of the things that have been cited in that report. Um, we, as an arts organization, can't solve homelessness. We can't solve poverty. But there's a lot of things that we can do and can take responsibility for. And that led to about six months' worth of focus group discussion with a lot of leaders within this community, um, and that led to a draft that those leaders then reviewed, gave us additional feedback, and then our board adopted uh, a year ago in October of 2014 that basically sets out um, kind of a, a, a mini um, strategic plan of things that we can do as an organization, both internally and externally, um, and we took that report and divided it up into four areas. Uh, the first area is actually subdivided into two areas. One is employment and the other area is governance. So for instance, in terms of employment, we set some pretty lofty goals for ourselves to go from, at the time that we came up with this report, about 8% persons of color on our staff to um, a survey that we did just this past summer Within uh, a little over a year time, we have now jumped through specific proactive means to 11.6% persons of color on our staff. Similarly, um, on our board, um, actually before this report came out, we were already working towards recruiting um, additional persons of color on our board, and we've gone from 5% representation to 25%. That's one particular area. The other three areas are purchasing. All of the things that we buy as an organization, pens and pencils to services, to artists representing um, us in a lot of the programs that we do, many of our free and low-cost programs, as well as some of the things that are taken to the schools. Um, third area is education. It's a natural for us. Uh, we do this all the time. Um, as many of you 
know, we've been working now with the city and with the Madison Public Schools in our Any Given Child program um, over the last, this is now the third year, which uh, has a goal of ensuring that all children, grades K through 8, um, have equity access to the arts. Um, in that report that you cite, uh, there are a couple of sheets at the end that are um, some details from the American Council of the Arts that talk about arts education and how critically important it is to the development and the success of any young children. And so we see that as a very important priority in the grander scheme of our racial equity initiatives within the Madison schools in particular. Though the fourth area is community engagement. And we in particular for the last two years have been working very hard to expand um, our relationships that we have with communities um, and neighborhoods in Madison that traditionally don't think of themselves as being served by overture. Um, and we're working towards many different uh, ways in which we can do that, which that report, that uh, initiative outlines. And my final request is that next year maybe you could give us, like, what we accomplished with these goals that we set and what we, in the, in the upcoming. We would love to. Back. We would love to. Um, we're very proud of some of the things we've accomplished already. Um, and, yes, we'd love to talk about some of the things that we're accomplishing in the next year. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Alder Rommel actually took my question, so mm -hmm. I'm just going to take the opportunity to thank you for your leadership and really spearheading and moving this forward. It's, um, it's wonderful. Thanks so much. Appreciate that very much. A lot of work, good work done on part of the board and a lot of community members that we all know that have been willing to talk with us and uh, give us some great ideas of things that we can do. Thank you. Further questions? Seeing none on the question of adoption. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. It takes us to item 12. For the chief on overtime, is there a motion to receive the report? Motion to receive the report on overtime. There is. I was just hoping that you could give us um, an update, whoever, chief, chief. <laughs> in terms of the, the, the basis, the, the biggest thing for the third quarter is if you commend yourself to our demand-driven overtime for that quarter, it went up substantially in 2015. We had obviously significant uh, increases categorically in our extraordinary events coverage. Obviously, we had some homicides, some shootings. We had the NCAA tournament with the officer-involved shooting and uh, several other critical incidents and those associated protests, marches, and rallies that resulted in a considerable spike in overtime that we had not experienced as of recent late. And we also had, in conjunction with the, ma uh, the mayor's office and in our own initiatives, we did some problem initiatives specifically looking at focusing efforts at the shots fired, um, widespread burglaries, uh, things like that, that was accounted for the anomaly, what we see in terms of that uptick. 
Could you put this in numbers for the folks at home? So compared to last year or the year before, when you're talking about upticks, what sure. are you talking about in money? Sherry, why don't you just give that? So for the most part, we just do it in hours. We haven't done it in, in actual cash. Um, but our uptick in hours was at least, um, I would say, probably about 5,000 hours. It was probably a 25% increase, roughly, for demand-driven overtime. Year over year. Um, from 15, from 14 to 15. So was, there was about a 25% increase in the hours, roughly. 5,000 hours. And what's the average amount per hour that we pay a police officer? At straight time, it's about $35 an hour. So it would be mostly at time and a half, although there was also double time involved. So it was several hundred thousand dollars that increased specifically for demand-driven overtime. Thank you. Further questions discussion? Seeing none, thank you very much. On the report, all those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. Thank you. Okay, that takes us to 13, the last item on the agenda. To move item 13, please. Is there a second? There is. Thank you very much. Uh, I believe with this adoption goes a series of recommendations as to how to proceed. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Why don't you just go over the highlights? Sure. Um, if you look at the therefore be it resolved clause in the resolution, uh, what it asks for is that uh, by November 18th, uh, we ask the remaining development teams if they're interested in uh, continuing to have the city consider proposals uh, for the JDS property. Uh, we will then provide interested firms with December 18th uh, to revise and amend their proposals. Uh, then by the end of January 2016, the negotiating team will complete its initial review and report back to the Board of Estimates on the and the Common Council. As part of that um, process of asking uh, the respondents to update their proposals, uh, there's a series of items that we've identified through the more recent JDS discussions that we'll ask be incorporated within those proposals. Uh, one is that uh, they adhere to all the requirements that were outlined in the previous RFP uh, with a couple of minor changes. Uh, one is that we will be interested in proposals that utilize both blocks or proposals that utilize one of the two blocks. And uh, we are no longer requiring city space within the options or the proposals that are put forward. Uh, secondly, uh, we will look for projects that abide by project labor peace or project labor agreement, labor peace agreement, uh, targeted business and workforce hiring goals, and also the creation of the Judge Doyle Square monitoring team all of which were discussed in the recent JDS exact sciences discussions. Uh, we would look for improved functionality of the parking ramp to, to include fully below grade parking. Uh, we'd look for a minimum of 250 room count for the hotel. Uh, all the financial guarantees that we typically require of, of TIF projects. And also uh, it would be our desire to strive to maintain uh, the approximately $19 million TIF balance uh, once TIF 25 is closed uh, 
So as with the, the JDS project, you may recall that we have about $19 million within that TID today uh, available as cash, and we would look to structure the financing such that approximately $19 million would be available at the time that that TID was closed. And that's it. Thank you. Before uh, we go any further, uh, Dave Branson is registered here supporting and not wishing to speak, but representing the building and construction grade councils, Council of South Central. Um, okay. Questions? Questions? All the sheets. Thank you. Um, <coughs> so, uh, as you put together a plan for how, how to move forward, surely there must have been discussion about um, whether or not it makes sense to continue to restrict the list of possible respondents to just those that previously responded or widening, you know, opening it back up. Um, the conditions are pretty different now that people have responded, everyone's seen this. Um, can you talk a little bit about your, your thought process on why to only to make this available to the folks that previously responded? I think the um, resolution that we originally brought forward in May indicated that, um, and that was passed by the council, indicated that negotiations would be specifically with the JDS exact team, and if that we weren't successful, we would go back and um, reopen the proposals to those who had already proposed. So I think this was in line with what had been passed in a prior resolution. Thank you. Thank you. I just want clarification on 3B when you say maintain a commitment approved by the Common Council on September 29th. Are you referring just to the project labor agreement, labor peace agreement, targeted business and workforce hiring goals, and the creation of the Judge Drill Square monitoring team? Or are there other commitments that were in this um, September 29th agreement that were more specific to exact science that you're hoping to carry forward, such as the land you know, a land swap, et cetera. I think that we're talking really about specifically these things would continue over. Other proposers may or may not have had similar payments for the land, um, but we were pulling out here things that we really wanted those proposers to pay attention to as they um, came forward and had their proposals reviewed. And I would ask the, the board to consider uh, an an amendment to the language deleting, including the requirements, so it's clearly that the, the intent is the, that list in, in item B. Is that a motion? That's a motion. Second. Motion to second. Discussion on the motion before us. Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. I violated the rules. Asking for a motion after you spoke, but nobody else called me on it, so. <laughs> Uh, Alderman Aarons? Uh, <clears throat> other than the resolution that was passed in May in regard to the other participants, the other proposal makers, uh, respondents to the uh, RFP, given the fact that we now are allowing under this particular resolution the respondents to change their proposals, that is completely re reopening the field. Let's, notwithstanding the resolution, what reason would there be not to have additional respondents to a proposal? I can't speak for everybody on the team, but from my perspective, 
is partially uh, efficiency. It's, it's moving forward in an efficient manner. It's also a commitment to those three parties who came in, had their proposals set aside, um, and then now are given a chance to update their proposal specifically because there's some things that we've learned in the last six months that might um, change some details of, of how they present. Um, but really in fairness to them to allow them to have their proposals that they turned in fully reviewed before we open it up to others who hadn't responded. Yeah, in, uh, in fairness to the city though, um, that we've had this experience, we're now reopening the process we have had these respondents look at each other's proposals and then make modifications accordingly. They've sat through the discussions that we've had on this. It seems that that puts them in a much more advantageous position in terms of negotiation with us to just limit it to these three respondents that's one, one issue. The second one is, is we should take Alderman the... Aaron, you're, you're really engaged in debate. Could you please not address the staff, but address your colleagues on the Board of Estimates? Not address the colleagues? I, 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 please focus your... Yeah. So would it... Oh, please focus... To wouldn't, the, wouldn't it be advantageous for us to then have... Um, more participants um, to choose from rather than these these particular three? I'll, I'll answer that. Okay. It might be, but there's also the question of the commitment we made to these three participants some time ago saying in event the eventuality that we do not go forward with JDS, you will be given an opportunity to have your proposals updated. Uh, and frankly, I don't think there's any disadvantage, which you assume, to the city by having these parties in an open government hear all of these issues discussed over the last six months. And if nothing else, given the JDS proposal, I'm very interested in seeing what they may do, they being those three other parties, to provide an expanded concept of development. Wouldn't so we, it's a matter of opinion. But wouldn't we be giving those three, as you said, if we gave them uh, a commitment, as you say? I, I see no advantage to them in negotiating with us. Oh, but you said that would we be lying our commitment? We still would be reviewing their proposals, but within the context of a larger group, potentially. That's possible, yeah. but I see no advantage to us. Uh, Alderman DeMar. Thank you, sir. Um, just for clarification, um, JDS would have the opportunity to resubmit a proposal, right? Under this, according to this. According to this, they would. And so there would be four? That's correct. Okay, I just wanted to, that clue, because people keep talking about three and there would be yes. four. Thank you. Thank you. Potentially. Potentially. Alderman Revere. Thank you, Mayor. Many of the questions were asked and answered. I mean, the basic question, of course, is why follow this route of keeping it limited to the four respondents as per May resolution? I think you two have, and the mayor have covered that um, question. 
The next question that I've been asked is why give JDS development the opportunity to uh, participate further? I don't know if you may or Natalie or Matt want to give more of a rationale as to why we think JDS, and for that matter, Dave is obviously one of the negotiating team members as well, but why we think that, that JDS development should stay in the mix. I'm, I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just asking the question because it's been asked of me. We, we talked about it both ways. Uh, I think that's a policy decision that um, is not necessarily with us to make. I think we left it out as inclusive as possible versus restricting it um, and, and just chose to put forth all, all four. The other question that I've been asked is, well, if we're going to go the route of sticking with the four respondents as we promised and as per the May 19th Council um, action, uh, why take the time to allow them opportunity to re-evaluate their proposals and perhaps somewhat radically change their proposals? Um, couldn't that be done as part of the negotiation process interview? process as opposed to letting them perhaps almost start from scratch? Is it because of we need to take into account changing construction prices? Is it the various items that are that have already been mentioned more than once uh, in terms of allowing development on either 88 or 105 as opposed to both? That, could you expand a, on that, please? Yeah, that's a great question. Six months has passed, and really a lot of territory has been covered. Um, in some cases, information that was new, that where the city has been much more clear than that we have been in the past about things that we wanted or didn't want. Um, and we just felt that you could handle that through the negotiation <coughs> process, but it was really more efficient to let people take a look at what they had proposed, decide whether they still wanted to be in or not. Um, given the information that's been gathered through this very public process, whether there were some things about their proposal that could be better, um, and, and improved or where their vision or, or sites on things might be different. So we thought it was just best to have everybody get a chance to take into consideration six months' worth of time and a lot more information and, and potentially put together a better, uh, a better development. Um, next, I've asked you this privately last week, but I'm wondering if, you, if, it's, if I could ask the question publicly now. Do we have any idea, and I guess this would be for the mayor as well, but any indication as of tonight that one or more of the respondents are definitely interested in, in um, resubmitting? Uh, I mean, I know one of them is here in person tonight. I see them physically in the audience, so that gives an indication uh, that at least one of the four respondents is certainly very interested. Uh, I'm just curious if there's anything more any of you could say on that score. Do we think we'll have interest beyond the one entity that's present with us physically tonight? I don't believe we have confirmation from any of the four at this point in time. Okay. And I have no knowledge other than your observation mm -hmm. as to the interest of any of the four. Um, I do want to make the point, which might then actually be supportive of Alderman Aaron's question, that um, not only do we have no knowledge, or I have no knowledge, of whether or not they want to stand by their May proposals or whether they wish to now supplement them. 
but for all the difficulty and challenges we went through over the last five or six months in trying to work out the JDS proposal, I believe there's two very beneficial things that came from it. One was uh, showing the reality of adding more than just the hotel to the prospect of site, that it can be done. And secondly, the progress we made in terms of all of the labor agreements. Now, that being said, are there five or eight or two other developers in North America who would be interested in making proposals? Um, perhaps there are. But I do believe that we made a commitment in May to come back to these uh, at least three other developers. We made that commitment in, 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 in May. And uh, I, I think that for a sense of, of fairness, uh, they've been waiting. They perhaps have probably been hoping that the JDS proposal would fail at some point. But um, I, I think for their, their, their patience, they uh, ought to be given the consideration we promised. If they don't have an acceptable proposal, we can always go back and do another RFP. Well, I, couldn't, uh, I could just respond quickly and say I agree with your sentiment on on this, that's why I'm, I think I'm one of the sponsors of the resolution that's before us now. I did have one last question, if I could, and then I promise I'll yield. In the, the resolution, assuming that the Board of Estimates tonight recommends this, it would go to the council meeting uh, a week from tomorrow. The, oh, and by the way, in the resolution, there's one, it's not a typo, but for consistency's sake, we alternately mention that the council um, adopted the amended and restated development agreement on September 30th in the second to last whereas clause, which of course is accurate because we did it, was it at 3 in the morning or something like that, 3.30 in the morning. And then further down it mentions that the council approved um, in terms of project labor agreement, labor peace, et cetera, et cetera, that it happened on September 29th. So for people to be clear, maybe we should pick if we're going to say when we started the discussion or voted on the on the matter. Um, but anyway, aside from that, that wasn't my question. My, my question is, since we have the opportunity now and the time, would, would anyone like to uh, perhaps just confirm as a preview for tomorrow night's council meeting and discussion of our 2016 capital budget consideration, what the two kind of alternate approaches to moving forward on Judge Doyle Square would present. Is it fair to say that one of the budget amendments proposed would be consistent with the resolution as amended tonight, assuming we adopt that, and the other would be quite dramatically different in approach? Yeah, I don't yeah. know if Dave yeah. wants to talk to the two. There are two budget amendments. One would be um, amendment number two, um, which is sponsored by you, Alder Revere, and by Mayor Soglin. And in that case, the budget amendment takes out the things that were specific to exact, which is the other funding that the exacts job TIF of $12 million and some interim short-term borrowing of $10 million. And I think in that case, um, the idea was to basically keep the same context in terms of funding, 
which is funding from TID 25 and possibly other TIDs um, in a total amount of $35.4 million. Um, and so I think that was an attempt to um, just remove the things that were exact, specific, but forward on a, a similar financial package, obviously subject to council and uh, approval of a development plan and JRB approval, et cetera. The second budget amendment um, is amendment number five being sponsored by Alder Rummel and Alder Schmidt. Um, and if, um, if I summarize a number of things here, this amendment really looks at a number of items that would be distinctly different. One is to go forward just with the replacement of the government east parking plus 170 parking spaces for some future private development that may or may not happen, plus fleet replacement spaces. Um, and fund that construction all underground, which is a more efficient ramp than we've had before, with about half from the parking utilities um, funds, reserves, and the other half from TID 25 um, balance, in essence. Um, and I think it makes a couple of points here. One is to look at the parking construction all underground, so more efficient. Two, really have it just be about the parking utility doing the work without knowing what's going to happen on the development piece. Um, and then three, making clear that the parking facility would be owned by the parking utility. Um, and in this case, I think you're looking at uh, moving forward with the parking without solidifying what the other development is on the site. There could be future development, um, but they don't necessarily go hand in hand where we come up with future development on the site in conjunction with the replacement of government east parking. Thank you. Did you want to add anything, Dave? Yeah, just a couple things. I um summarize it quite well. I think the first is that the um, Boulders, Rummel, and Schmidt amendment would be a $27.5 million parking structure, I think about 770 stalls, uh, compared to what's in um, uh, the amendment that you're sponsoring, um, Alder Rivera, which would be still the $40 million, roughly for whatever that would purchase in terms of 1200 So you do have that difference in parking stalls, although the Alder Rummel and Schmidt amendment do sort of speak to if a development um, were to proceed at the same pace as the construction of parking structure, you could always come back and either add another uh, tray of parking or, or do above ground parking later. Um, so I think those are the, the major differences. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was just going to speak to allowing the um, developers to brush off their proposals and update them. I, I don't see how, this isn't a question for staff, this is just an observation. I don't see how we wouldn't allow that if we're going to allow JDS back in the mix because they obviously are going to need to redo their proposal because it's not going to have exact in it and that was a huge part of their proposal. So if we give them a chance at bat again, um, then it's only, it seems only reasonable to me that the other developers would have the same opportunity given what they've learned from this process in the past six months. Thank you. Thank you. Further discussion? Uh, Thank you. Um, just a couple questions to clarify. 
So, Alder of Revere's questioning, actually. So, have I heard that no development team has kind of made clear their intention to resubmit. Have any of them asked for the opportunity to revise and resubmit or revise their proposal? They asked us directly for that opportunity. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, I don't know if anybody else has heard. No. No. Okay. Okay. Um, and I wondered a little bit more about this. For me, it's trying to conceptualize, is there really a difference between letting them brush up their proposals and kind of revise and resubmit based on the original RFP versus what could happen during negotiations? So is there any limit on how much a proposal can change based on what was originally submitted and what we might get to through a negotiated negotiation sessions with the developers? I think those are two completely separate items. What we've tried to do here is really give, in, give them a strong indication. Mm -hmm. If you go to the request for proposals on page 8, there are some very specific project requirements, and often people think there might be a little leeway. We, you say you want 250 rooms, but maybe you can get by with 216. What we tried to do in the, this community, what we're, what we're hoping for is a clear communication from the council about that these requirements are really requirements and give people a chance to really put forth their best effort. From there, the negotiation could take this uh, development in any number of directions. I don't think there's a limit on um, how that progresses. Okay, thank you. One quick follow-up, if I could. Um, are there any limitations, and I didn't see any in, our, in the draft resolution, on potential, um, so we've got our parties that will be revising their proposals. There's no limitation on kind of there's been some new proposals that have been talked about in the public. They could incorporate aspects or other partners into their revised proposal to kind of, you know, take advantage of the information that's been shared about other development concepts that have been perhaps attractive to some people. There's no limitation in on including other partners and other concepts as they no. move forward. No, I wouldn't, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody yeah. maybe came forward with some different partners or some different ways to meet the challenges of this development. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Alderman Rahman. Thank you. Um, I just kind of want to take a little side way thing that, that helped us think about, like, what um, Alder Aarons is raising. And then to remind Matt when we worked with um, Aaron over on on the 800 South Block, where we did a somewhat different process for doing an RFP, where we asked basically not for a full, you know, the whole kit and caboodle, but sort of like a streamlined, show us it can work, give us some basic concepts. Is there any way adding a process like this so that you wouldn't have to, like, push it out, but maybe get more people in? I mean, it seems like if the, the existing developers are going to change. They could be automatically in, and then maybe there's an opportunity for new people to uh, participate. Well, so just uh, for the benefit of other members of the Board of Estimates, so the process that Elder Rummel is referring to uh, for the 800 South Block was sort of a two-step process, where the first step uh, was sort of a solicitation for interest in the 800 South Block project, meeting a certain set of specifications, but it didn't necessarily require respondents to have a fully thought out proposal. And then the second stage was uh, to go back to uh, one of the development teams and, and allow them to, 
to more fully develop their proposal. Admittedly, uh, in the first stage of that project, we only received one proposal, uh, so we, we, we didn't have much to, to weigh it against um, except for, for uh, the items included within it. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's certainly a, a valid way to uh, have this type of a development RFP process. Um, I, I think it, it's really a policy decision as to whether or not uh, the council uh, would want to go in that direction versus uh, limiting uh, the responses to the four respondents that have already submitted. Does that seem like a uh, if some people got excited by this idea, is that something that we could work with, or is that? I mean, just I don't know how much time we gave them before. It was it wasn't that long of a timeline, but it. it I think it was about 45 days. That being said, it was a much simpler project when compared with, with Judge Doyle Square. The other thing that we considered as we talked about how, how do you go forward here is the lengthy history on this site and the numbers of RFPs that have already gone out and who's been in those pools responding previously. So this isn't a, a site that is new. It's really had a lot of looks at various times as we've refined um, what we're looking for and so I think we considered that as well. The, uh, also the timeline on the um, TID 25 and how long it has left also gives us some feeling of urgency about moving um, th through this process in a somewhat orderly manner. Um, two questions. First, would the Amendment 5, uh, where the parking utility constructs the, the um, entire parking facility, if that should pass, does that mean that the parking utility couldn't coordinate with the winner of the JDS proposal, or does that mean, I mean, is there a scenario in which that passed and um, the proposers for JDS development their proposal meshed with that? I would hope that if that passed, there would definitely be that opportunity for it to mesh because I think if it didn't, you would lose an you would really lose an opportunity to get um, a, much development on top of that parking structure. And so that the you know the two differences one, the amendment number one says these two things go together forward, and the other one says amendment five says we're going to move forward on the parking utility only and there would be some lost opportunity in that so it would be great if they did mesh in some way during that time and, and, if they and we'll have an answer to that tomorrow or by the end of the week anyway um, right? whether we are voting on the, those amendments yes yes so there yes. would be time for the developers to redo their proposal given that if if that passed that that would be the sort of baseline, and they wouldn't have to. They could either add the, more parking if they needed more parking, or they could just use that. And then moving forward in the actual planning stages, parking utility and developer could work together in terms of where the elevator shafts go and what needs to go where. That's correct. That right? Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the other um, question is kind of a bigger picture question. Also in the last six months, we got a market rate housing report that said we need to build a thousand units of market rate, like maybe even luxury housing, a year to just keep up with demand. Um, is there a way in which through the negotiating process without going back to do the RFP 
that we um, sort of put that forward as our priorities in the city, that that's a priority, as well as uh, transportation-related issues according to that. And you could add something to this resolution saying that um, there's a desire to see uh, multifamily residential as part of the um, development proposal. I believe the other proposals do have residential um, in them that we have sitting and waiting. Uh, and so that may answer itself. I think there was a um, some language in the previous JDS resolution that spoke to affordable housing, if I remember correctly. The other point I wanted to make is on the um, if if what's uh, let's say adopted by council is the parking ramp approach only there is no other funds to respond to a development proposal so the budget would have to be amended if something were to be done or needed to be done to have a development uh, proposal with any sort of support for that in terms of TIF funding uh, during 2016 so that is sort of a key difference between the two uh, proposals I thought the parking to the parking lot proposal is only asking for 13 million in TIF. What the amendment is doing with the parking ramp is it's taking all the other funding out. So, for example, if there needed to be some form of a um, like there was in the JDS exact proposal where we use TIF funds to, in effect, return a, um, an equity amount that was paid by the developer for the land there would be no provision for that under the amendment. So that would have to be an amendment for, to the budget if there were more TIF that had to be put in to respond to the overall development proposal. More than what would already be left over in? In the parking portion only. Okay. All uh, at, at the outset, you mentioned that um, these were limited um, based on limited to three or four um, previous respondents based on the May 19th resolution. But the May 19th resolution, that didn't say that JDS could do it again. No, I think it's, I, I, I may be mistaken, and maybe this is a spot where we're, um, we're flawed. Um, I do remember that it said that we go back to the, to the other three. So you're you're correct. I that I was mistaken on that. So again, if if JDS is coming around and preparing an entirely different kind of proposal, why wouldn't five, six, and seven get to do the same thing since they're preparing more or less something that's not fully representative, but it's probably skeletal in terms of giving the outlines of what a proposal will look like, what it consists of, and what the financing structure is. Why wouldn't that same thing be accorded to others as it is to JDS since they weren't included in the resolution? Excuse me. That's, I think you're getting into policy. That's an observation on your part. Uh, <coughs> that's up to the legislative body. Well, she, uh, the, I asked because... Uh, um, Mr. Herman relied on the council resolution only on three. Then let's get a specific copy of the council re resolution rather than speculate. 
either it does say JDS can resubmit or it's silent on it, or it says they can't. But in any case, uh, what happens as a consequence is up to the Board of Estimates, and, and I keep it at the Board of Estimates discussion. Alderman McKinney. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I want to go back to um, um, a basic understanding of why, since the city now finds itself in a position to be more competitive and open up the field to see if there are other interested parties, why would we not want to look at that? And specifically because the sense of urgency moved us toward making some concessions in a number of things just to um, meet the, uh, the deadline of the JDS um, proposal. And so since now we have the opportunity of Zach Science proposal, but now since we have the opportunity to really critically look at and um, giving very specific guidelines in terms of and direction of what we want, what we expect from the negotiating team, would it not, and it would not preclude the other three developers from coming back and resubmitting, um, it just gives, I'm thinking, um, the city a better place of strength because you've had six months of knowing what worked, what did not work, and now um, there might be other um, uh, developers out there who've seen and taken this roller coaster ride with the city who could put some packages together as well. And so I'm really not sure that I understand why we would not open it up to allow other individuals, should there be other individuals, to, um, to apply. And officially, since none of the three have said, you know, we're making, we're making allowances for the other three to come back to the table, but, I mean, uh, they've had plenty of time, I would imagine, to, to do that. Please, please. This is a debate for the legislative body. It is not a debate between staff and the council or board of estimates. Your points are well taken. You deserve answers. People who disagree with you or have a different opinion or part of the legislative body should respond, not staff. Point of order, are we in debate or discussion or are well, we I, still I in questions? We in debate, though we occasionally go to questions. As chair, would you like to give us an opportunity to close to questions? Well, they're never closed among this body. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm so so just a, as a follow-up, there are several things before us, and at what point are we discussing? At any what? point, you're free to discuss the substance of what's in the document before us. Further discussion on that document. Alderman Rommel. Oh, I don't know if it's exactly on the document. I apologize. <laughs> I just want to respond to Mr. Schmidicke's point and that he said if um, we chose uh, the number five amendment that we would need to have a budget amendment, and that is absolutely true. And the reason I think it's – I want to point it out is because 
under the existing thing, we will still have to have a budget amendment because we're taking a lot of money out. Unless you want to leave in all the money for giving away land, which I am not prepared to give away the land as sort of the bottom floor of this moving forward. But if the rest of the Board of Estimates is, then you should vote for this if that's what you think it means. I hope it doesn't mean that. I hope it means we're starting from the beginning again and we're going to negotiate it's based on a gap. So if you can make a case for why we should have a land swap, make your case. But I don't want to assume it's as a given. So, yeah, thank you. Well, on debate, I'll step in at this point and simply say we're about to adopt a budget for next year. We want to get this project moving forward next year, and we've got a responsibility to put it in the budget the way we plan to adopt it so it does not need anything in regards to an extraordinary vote when it comes to the matters of the budget. And just a response, in my eight years, we always have found those votes when there's a supermajority required, if it's a really good project. Alderman Eskridge is next, and then I'm going to respond uh, on that point. I just have a point of information because I needed to look up the language that we passed. So if it's okay with the body, I will read the language that we passed back in May. Um, so in the now there be... Therefore, be it resolved clause, we said, to the extent a preliminary agreement can't be concluded in time for the June 28th Board of Estimates meeting and Exact Sciences has not extended that deadline, the negotiating team then initiates a review of the remaining three proposals. So we hinged it on a previous date, but we did reference the three proposals. Thanks. Further discussion on the question, which is adoption of the matter before us. Well, seeing none, I don't feel like saying anything anymore. Then we'll come to a vote. All those in favor? Alderman Rommel. I just want clarification on the question of whether we open it back up to JDS or not. Because I just want to make sure. The way this is, the way I construe this document, if JDS wishes to submit uh, a new proposal, they are free to do so. They could. That's the way I read this document. Alderman Aarons. Um, granted, I'm, I'm not a, a member of this body, um, but for those who are, um, I would like to suggest that we add after the first sentence of paragraph one, um, solicit proposals from other developers indicating their interest in responding to the RFP, period. Previous respondents may, and then onward through that. So it adds solicit proposals from other developers indicating their interest in responding to the RFP, period. Previous respondents may identify, and so on. Further discussion on the matter. Alderman Estrich. Um, I'd like to propose an amendment um, to the language, a different amendment to the language, um, to delete, including whether JDS development wishes to pursue a proposal without exact sciences. And if I have a second, I'll speak to there it. There is a second to the motion. There is. Thank Sorry. you. So... I had to go back and look because for me, I think the integrity of the process is really important and we made a commitment to these, 
these parties that bid on our RFP way back a long time ago um, that we would get to their proposals. And we went through a very thorough process of examining what was a very exciting proposal. Um, and that didn't work out. So I think we need to turn back to the remaining three proposals. And in fact, if members of the JDS proposal wanted to include concepts of their proposal, they would have every right to work with the other parties to amend their proposals, to talk. I mean, that's why I asked this question about how extensive can these reviews be? Because I think there has been a lot of information that's been gathered and a lot of ideas. And, you know, architects and developers in the community are free to work together, but those three parties responded to the RFP, and I believe that they should have a right to uh, see through their response to the RFP in our process as we outlined it, or as the previous council outlined it. I didn't even outline the RFP process. That's how long it's been going. Um, but I think that the integrity to that process is important, and the flexibility of asking them to kind of relook at or brush up their proposals is a fair thing to ask, and it allows them to take advantage of all the information and the priorities that we've set out as a city uh, that we'd like to see in whatever proposal we ultimately pass. Further discussion on the question, I just have a, a comment on Alder Asterix's amendment. I won't support it. Um, and the reason I won't support it is because I don't think well, I'm quite sure that when we were asked to consider JDS and exact first, that anyone had any idea of what would happen with exact. And so going back to the developer, I think the developer should have a chance to resubmit because this is above or it's extraordinary circumstances. And if if we can't support that, then I would be for opening it up, even though we said that there was only the three back in May, because I just think the competition um, for this project would be greatly diminished if we didn't do that. Further discussion on the amendment, Alderman Rummel. I second in Alder Eskridge's um, deletion for the reason that that was our resolution. I'm not really opposed to add, allowing JDS back in, but if we're going to let JDS back in, we should open it up. So that's how I see it. Either the three, which is our process, or we start over in either some kind of way I hinted at with Matt or just the full throttle doing it over. And the ones that have already submitted stuff can just tweak it. I mean, they already have a leg up. So, so at that point, you know, that's why I find this a, a kind of a struggle here. Further discussion? The effect of, I want to make sure for clarification purposes, we all know what we're voting on. The amendment if it was adopted, would mean that the subsequent evaluation will be of the other three and not of a resubmitted JDS proposal from Hamas Dunn. Alderman Cheeks. Further discussion? Seeing none. On the amendment, all those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Think so? Mm -hmm. Nose and eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one more. Um, 
That's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a wrinkle. Let's think a second here. I got plenty of time. Chair chooses not to vote. The motion fails. Further discussion on the question. And Alderman Chiefs. Um, I'd like to make a motion opening. Uh, I don't have the language prepared, but similar to what Alder Aaron's proposed, I'd like to make a motion opening the uh, RFP responses up more widely. Um, so you're putting a final amendment that anyone else who wants to submit in response to this combined with the prior RFP may do so. That sounds lovely. Thank you. Is there a second? Second. Motion is second. Discussion. Alderman DeMarvo. Thank you, sir. Um, I'm certainly not opposed to this in, um, on the surface, but I would like to talk about timing and how much time we would give other developers to come forward with a proposal, because I think what's in this um, resolution in front of us is probably inadequate. But I'm also sensitive to the fact that we, there is a certain urgency with moving forward with this project if we're going to do so. And so I would like to ask Here's what I would suggest. someone for some... Here's what I would suggest. First, I want to ask technical questions today. If there's a strange company out there, strange in the sense that they're not weird, but strange in the sense that we haven't heard from them, um, how much time do you think they would need to get a proposal before us after Tuesday, after a week from Tuesday? Well, they were given that three months the first time around. Rena said 45 to 60 days. So you get a really right, good, so well-developed proposal. Here's what I, what I would suggest doing. Now that you've got an answer to your question, is that we go with this. If this amendment passes, or even if it fails, but if it passes, we will have, staff will have language at the council meeting a week from Tuesday that technically provides uh, the precise wording we need, giving an indication of 45 to 60 days. Alderman Cheeks. So this um, resolution has specific time frames in it, uh, so it would actually be more appropriate for me to modify my resolution. I, I, I would be interested in, in modifying my resolution um, or I'm sorry, my amendment yes. to indicate what I've already indicated and also extend the deadline by an additional 30 days. 30 days? Additional 30 days to when what's already in there. Which gives, which gives it to 60. Takes it to 60. Is that, is, I would rule that's a friendly amendment to clarify the intent and the action. If there's no objection, we won't come to debate or vote on it. So now what we've got is an amendment that will give a total of 60 days to any new 
prospective developer. Is that correct? Everybody to agree any. that's what the language says? It's to any developer. Correct? Correct. Alderman McKinney. Um, and also including those very specific, I'm addressing it to you, not to say, those very specific um, requirements that will that will it reply, applies to everyone. Okay, but what, um, in terms of what we're asking, very specifically to give instructions within the RFP of what we're expecting to come back in a proposal, so it will be very clarity what we're looking for, the numbers, and those things, and it was uh, stated by uh, staff. As clear as our original proposal. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and, I'm sorry. <laughs> it has to be consistent with our original proposal. Alderman Kimball. Um, to Kimball. 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 Um, to be fair to the staff, you might want to change the number two date to um, the end of February. As well. To account for them not having to review more than three proposals in two weeks' time. So in Let's number two. Let's first see if this amendment passes. Then we can clarify uh -huh. the language between now and a week from Tuesday with, with housekeeping amendments. So the amendment is to allow others to come in and takes the process out another 30 days. Alderman Demar, did you want to? I just wanted you to clarify. Thank you. Further discussion? Seeing none, we'll come to a vote in favor of Alderman Rummel. I support this, but is there a way that we could say we invite the original respondent, sort of, sort of give them a nod somehow in the language that would be fair? I don't know. Just a thought. No, <laughs> it's, it's open to no, it's Further discussion on the question? Sentence. Thank you. I'll just explain that I obviously preferred my first approach, hence my first amendment, um, but I will support the second amendment, even though I think the intent was clear to go to the other respondents. So I struggle with the decision because I think uh, we do have a responsibility to review and to give them our due diligence since we did ask them to respond. So I do struggle with the vote, but I'll support it. Further discussion, Alderman Cheeks. Um, I, I would like to just provide a little bit of clarification for why I made this amendment. Um, I think Alder Eskridge made a very valid point that uh, we were we were clear about our intention in the past, and uh, in order to maintain the I think um, integrity of the of the process, if we're going to uh, deviate at all from the original intention, which stated that we intend to go back to the three, um, if we intend to deviate from that by inviting um, JDS to, to resubmit, then I think we should in just open it back up. So that's why I, I think that this is the best possible approach, and I think it's a good one. So I hope my colleagues will support it. For the discussion, well, I'm going to rhetorically ask a question since that seems to be enjoyable, which is anybody considered the possibility that having enough of us, having enough of enough of this, that the three present proposers will throw up their hands and walk, and that we may not get any new proposals. Just raising that possibility. Further discussion? Seeing none on the question, which is adoption. All those in favor of the amendment, aye. 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 
Opposed, no. No. I think it's a four ayes, two noes. Motion carries. Further discussion on the question as amended? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. I believe the guess is correct. Okay. Is there a motion to adjourn? Adjournment. On the question, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Natalie, Matt, and you.